Welcome to the Meditation Conversation. You are listening to Karan Alessandra. Hello, friends, and thank you for joining us today on the Meditation Conversation. Today we're going to talk about healing and there's so many different ways that we can talk about healing because it's a very, very broad category. Um, and I'm sure this is one that we could easily do in many parts. And so we'll probably come back to it um, over time. But um, we'll just have a little taste of some of the ways that meditation and yogic living intersect with healing. And so, Alessandra, would you like to start us off? Of course. So let's start by trying to feel what does healing actually mean? As you said, there are so many ways to describe it, different paths describe it in different ways. But let's start with the foundation, which is according to the yoga science, we are body, mind, and soul. So we need to care for all three parts of ourselves. So that's one foundation for healing. And the other one is that it's about harmonizing our tendency to constantly be out in the world doing, doing, doing. We put our energy outward to harmonize that against to just stop and be. Our just resting back, relaxing into being. So those are the two pillars that we are going to explore into different paths today. And so let's start about that whole body, mind, spirit. So, you know, what what is healing? Why do we need to heal? Because we have some kind of disease, which actually is an imbalance. So it could be a physical, something in the body. It could be something in the mind. And it could be something spiritual or something in our inner world. And um, why do we have an imbalance? Because we need to care for all three parts and in different ways. We have spoken about this earlier. So, for example, if we neglect caring for our hygiene, we attract bacteria, and not only our personal hygiene, also the environment we are in. And if we take that to mind level, we need to care for our mind. We need to keep it clean, not... Uh, we want to have uplifting positive thoughts, and for example, thoughts like greed, anger, doubt, and if we are fear, uh, if we are afraid all the time, mm -hmm. that's also something that causes imbalances. Um, and as for the spiritual part, we nurture our soul, our inner world by being still, being in silence. So I think we can all ask ourselves, even you and me, Kara, even though we are dedicated to meditating, how much time do we actually spend in silence and stillness? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny that you mentioned that too, because as we were preparing for this and you mentioned about the silence, I um, it really struck a chord with me because it as we're recording this, it's summertime and my kids are home and the schedule's all out of whack and they're about to go away for to camp for a week. So they'll be out of the house. And I'm, you know, I have a lot of feelings about that. Um, 
you know, as, as far as it's the first time. But, um, but I, as I read that, I was like, silence, I'm going to get a chance to be, I can really immerse myself in silence for a few hours, like consciously doing it, you know, on purpose and, and, um, and that will be really healing and therapeutic. So I was really happy that you brought that to my attention unintentionally. Mm. <laughs> I actually had a checkup with one of our meditation teachers to check one of our techniques the other day. And she reminded me of the stillness part. She like, well, you have to sit still for, well, in our case, like mm. at least 15 minutes after you've done the technique. I was like, yeah, I very mm. easily tend to, you know, we Do forget, it. even though yeah. we had learned, like it was a year ago when I learned this technique. You know, you get back into life and it's like, yeah, I do the technique. I sit a bit in silence. Oh, then I have to go and do this. Mm-hmm. But it's the silence This when we are really still, when you don't move your body mm-hmm. and you really can relax into that. But as she said to me, like, it can be uncomfortable. You know, we feel like after five minutes, it's like, oh, but I have to go. No, sit still, relax. Yeah. Uh, and what happens is when we can put ourselves into that complete stillness, the body automatically heals itself we don't have to tell the body exactly what to do the body knows what to do mm-hmm. but we don't really give it the chance often in today's society because we're constantly outwardly doing mm-hmm. that's a very important point is just that um we've talked about this before but the thing with meditation um and the the benefit of meditation is that you're not always having to particularly work on something in particular, but there is like just giving, just tuning into that inward state is healing in and of itself. So there are healing practices that you can, you know, you can do, or you can go to a shaman or you can go to a Reiki master, you can go to, you know, there are lots of people who offer energetic healing and they're valid. They're absolutely valid methods of healing, but we also have, I guess I should say, and innately, we have this power within ourselves when we are still where we start to heal on the three planes that Alessandra mentioned, that body, mind, and soul. And we don't necessarily have to sit there and go, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, fix my arthritis, you know, okay, arthritis, <laughs> go away, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm softening it, I'm dissolving it, you know, there are visualizations that you can use that can be powerful. But meditation is very, very, um, very helpful, one from an inflammation perspective, which is the root of every disease. Um, it just naturally soothes inflammation, it has a cooling effect on the body. But even on like an emotional standpoint, when you go deeply, you are naturally healing even on a, on levels so deep that you can't consciously, um, you, you can't consciously notice it or consciously, um, feel it. You know, you may not feel a shift or a healing, but you're really, um, doing a lot for your, your being um, on many layers when it comes to meditation. Yeah, and if you put that into a scientific perspective, you know, we have our nervous system and we have the fight-flight system and we also have the rest and heal system. So that's really what happens when we calm ourselves and get into that stillness, we go into our rest and heal nervous system. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's when we can heal ourselves. Um, and I, I listened to a talk with Dr. Peter Van Hoot, and we mentioned him before. He's a doctor, and he also do research on meditation, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the nervous system. If you check the uh, how meditation impacts your nervous system, like it's not like a scale going, you know, in a upward and oh, how do you explain this? Um, it's not like an even slope upward, mm-hmm. but it's rather like it can be like a big jump, just like when you're in an accident, for example, if you're in a car accident, it's a big shock and it can be really traumatic. So then your nervous system can be so shocked that you have a big uh, spike, maybe. Yeah, a big drop. So you would have um, damages to your nervous system due mm. to the what happened. Oh, okay. So, uh, which can lead to various imbalances. Mm. And, but similarly with meditation, it can just be like this big jump because oh. it's like the butterfly effect. So one day... It's not like, oh, every day is increasing by, you know, whatever that would be. A little incremental Yeah, amount. exactly. But just one day, it's like a big jump and you feel like, whoa, I'm functioning on a completely different level. I'm not reacting to this and that and that. And I'm so much more common in these situations. That, that's really cool, I think. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and encouraging. I, it is. And I think one of the things, one of the challenges to that is the, um, you hope that, and it, and I think this can happen, but it can happen both ways where it's like a carrot to say, Ooh, I feel better. It makes me want to do it more. But likewise, sometimes we can have the, the, the feeling of like, Oh, I'm better. I fixed myself. <laughs> and so I don't need it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I, when things run smoothly, you know, sometimes you can feel like you can pull away a little bit and be like, okay, I did it. But of course we know that meditation is not a one and done. You know, it's a, it's a lifetime, um, it's a lifetime habit that you, it keeps giving, but you know, it's not, these aren't like heal, these aren't surgeries where you can mm. say like, okay, I did it. <laughs> You know, you want to keep up with it and keep that healing going because we are constantly engaging in the world, which is going to create more and more opportunities for healing. So so maybe you want to look a little bit at what Paramahansa Yogananda said, because he's he was a very practical yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. And for example, you know, he emphasized right eating, you know, what you eat eat fresh food as much as you can and greens, organic food, but also how you eat, when you eat and where and with what kind of attitude you eat. Like, I, I, I'm I, bad at this. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. to remind myself always when I'm eating, especially during the day when I'm working, it's like, well, let's just get this over and done. <laughs> yeah. But it's important to sit down and give yourself, because that's self-care, mm-hmm. to sit down and you, you care for your body, mind and soul. In that, like that can be meditation in itself, cooking yourself or choosing to go to a more, perhaps more expensive shop where, you know, they put care into the food and they have organic ingredients and sit down, perhaps eat it outside or eat with the, someone who uplifts your, uplifts you, Mm -hmm. um, or sit in silence. Um, so that's one important part, but then we also need to exercise. We need to take care of the body. 
get the energy flowing. As we said, tension creates blockages and that gathers toxins in our body. So we need to get that energy moving so we don't get all these toxins. We want to flush it out. And that also with exercise, yoga postures, we can also relax. So we, again, get into that stillness and where we can heal automatically. Mm-hmm. And then there are other things like, uh, you know, watch your environment. Paramahansa Yogananda always emphasized environment as a very important factor to our well-being. And that's not the physical environment only, but the people we spend time with. Some people we can't choose, <laughs> but some people we can. Like, And even at work, you know, <laughs> um, sometimes we just have to train ourselves in the situation. But as much as we can choose people that uplifts us mm-hmm. and bring us into good spirit. Yeah, those are and, all all wonderful things. Was there were there more? Sorry, I didn't mean to. Well, you. there well, no, well there's a long list. Oh my gosh. Of, of, yeah. of course, meditation, mm-hmm. um, affirmations, we've talked about that and visualizations mm-hmm. and watching your thoughts. Um, yeah. yeah. Those are the main ones. Those are all wonderful and those are all, you know, self-healing things that we that are are kind of low-hanging fruit you know of of things that you can start right now you know you can you can finish this podcast and and take a lot of those really practical tips to start your own healing there are other things that you can do i mean there are so many different kinds of energetic healing modalities um and, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about the world becoming more interconnected now is the ability to learn these things and get in touch with people. Um, you know, I have found they're, they're, they're easily, you know, it's easy to find these things once you start looking for them, I suppose. But all of these, so there, there are things like, um, like Reiki um, that uses energy healing. Massage is very healing. Um, reflexology, acupuncture. Um, there are there's EFT, which is like a tapping something where you're you're tapping while you're. Sometimes you use affirmations with that. Um, so many different modalities available now, and these all work on the concept. Uh, the truth, really, that we are energetic beings and everything in the universe is energy. And science backs this up. They've done, you know, this is the whole thing with quantum physics is based on energy and the energetic nature of everything. And so these things work because although we identify with our body as matter, it is actually energy. It is actually all the different cells and atoms, and molecules, or however you want to look at it. You know, they're in motion and they are manipulatable, if that's a word, <laughs> able <laughs> to be manipulated. Um, and so, you know, these, if we go beyond the self-healing, there are healers who are able to um, work with the energy of an individual and there are people who are very, very experienced with this and 
uh, can be very powerful. But many say that everybody has the capability to heal. Everybody has this innately within them. So you may find a healer who has experience and they've been doing it for a long time, but you may be surprised about what lies within yourself. Um, So don't feel like you have to be, you know, some special something in that you don't have it, you know, it might be something to explore within yourself. And that's a good point. I was actually reading something from Mary Cressman from Ananda the other day when I was doing research on healing. And what she emphasizes is that, you know, a good healer empowers the person to heal themselves. You don't make the patient dependent on you. Mm-hmm. You know, you might help someone like as you go for massage. Well, Oh, that's hard to empower them. <laughs> but um, the way she would work with someone is that, you know, she would help them and try to figure out where the imbalance is and try to resolve it. But she would also um, give them, for example, affirmations or visualizations that they can bring home. Because otherwise it might be like, um, well, with many imbalances, we, we go and uh, we just fix it. I can feel this with massage sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to massage sometimes and I always tend to have the same kind of tensions. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, you know. It's not like I go there and then it's healed. It's probably because, I don't know, I tend to think or act or carry my body in a certain way, which gives me the tension or these blockages in a certain area. Mm-hmm. So, But if I could probably understand where it comes from, and correct that, I might not have to go and get massage to get that right. <laughs> released. Right. So that's a kind of important point. It's good to, you know, if you find a good healer, and but also be a bit uh, careful. Mm-hmm. Like um, I would look out for anyone who says that they have some kind of power if they emphasize that they are the healer mm-hmm. rather than, you know, just working with, I don't know how to put this without sounding too fluffy. Well, but without like the, using a higher force or a, something yeah. beyond themselves, tapping into yeah. a universal source. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because you, you are more a tool of helping someone. If someone emphasizes too much that how good they are and what mm-hmm. they are doing, that yeah. might be a reason to be a little bit careful. Yeah, I would agree with that. And also, if they would say, oh, you have to come to me, you have to pay all this money. Mm. Oh, nah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very good point. I was reading, I just finished this book last night called Healing Words by Dr. Larry Dossey, I think was his name. D-O-S-S-E-Y, I believe. This book was published in the 1980s, and um, I couldn't actually get like a new copy. I had to, I think I had to get a used edition, a used copy because it's not in print anymore as far as I could tell. But it was really, really interesting. And what he did was take all of this scientific research on healing and and really kind of using prayer as healing. It, It wasn't all about prayer, but it was kind of um, mainly exploring prayer as the healing modality. But um, he he basically, he was a doctor. He is a doctor. And he was kind of coming across some of these, um, this research that had already been done about energetic healing and prayer. 
and he compiled it all in a book because he was very fascinated by it. And so he explores lots of different types of healing and and a lot of the the research that has been done in laboratories around it. And um, some of the things that he talked about that I found really interesting is that they have found that these healing techniques work in a different way than other types of energy that we're used to um, in our modern world. So if you ever, in America anyway, we might go to the dentist, they may take x-rays of our mouth. And when they do that, they put a big lead apron over the body, the person who's work, you know, the worker, like the, the dental assistant who's doing the x-rays leaves the room. They take the picture and then they come back, but they're basically trying to limit the exposure to the body and to the other person's body of the, is it radiation? Does X, does X-ray use radiation? Mm -hmm. Um, and by protecting the body with lead, by leaving the room, you know, you're only really at risk of being exposed if you're near the source. And, um, you know, we have a lot of other things like microwaves. We, you have to be in the microwave to experience, you know, your food isn't going to get cooked if it's sitting outside of the microwave. It's got to be in the right place. That's called locality. Um, but they're finding that the, the healing energy, the energetic healing is non-local. So you can be 50, I think they said there were tests where they were 15 miles away and they were still able to affect change. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of healers say that they don't have to be in the same room. I know you and I are part of a healing prayer group um, where we receive names every month for people to send healing energy to. And, you know, this, this month my, I've got somebody in... India. I've got somebody in somewhere in Europe and um, somebody in some unknown location in America. So it's, mm. it's um, you know, we're, we're sending that energy out regardless. You know, they're obviously not there in the room. There is also hands-on healing, which does require you to be in the room. But there's a lot of evidence that shows that you don't have to, you know, it makes no difference if you're in the room or not. And um, so that's, I, I find that really interesting. And um, there were some yeah. other, many other things that he talked about in this book relating to this that were really fascinating and eye-opening. And one of the things that came out of it was also that it's unpredictable. You know, that it's not necessarily replicable consistently in a laboratory. And why should it be? You know, it's we're using these these concepts that we as human beings have come up with to decide how we're going to stage an experiment. And we've all agreed on this method, but it's not like it's come from the divine or on high. You know, it's something that people have created and it might not necessarily be fluid with how healing works. You know, it may not be able to measure it. You know, we may not just we just may not have the right level of consciousness yet to be able to measure how and why these things work. But we also know that within our own experience, sometimes we we pray for something, we may pray for healing, we may pray for another person's healing, 
and we don't see that person get better. And so we may jump to the conclusion that that prayer or healing prayer doesn't work. But as Alessandra said early on, we're talking about body, mind, and soul. And so one of the things that I like so much about, I think you mentioned Mary Kretzman. Did you mention her by name Mm -hmm. that you were looking at her book? Mm -hmm. One of the things that she mentions, um, and and it's a teaching of Paramahansa Yogananda, is that we do want to always pray for body, mind, and soul. We're not just praying for one specific, um, you know, please heal the, you know, my leg, heal my leg, heal my leg, heal my leg. That may work, but you also may have, you may need to go through something with your leg for a higher purpose that we don't understand in this form. And so it it may be more useful for you in the big picture of what you're wanting to get out of this life, what your soul wants to get out of your life, that you go through what needs to be done with your leg. You go through that pain, you go through, you know, maybe the healing needs to take longer to get you to, for some higher purpose. So, but you don't know what's, what's being healed in the mind and the soul in that case through those prayers. So I believe that every prayer is answered. We just don't necessarily know on what layer it may be so subtle. It may be such a subtle healing in a different part of the uh, being that we can't really comprehend it. Yes, and also what Mary talks about there is that, for example, if you can't heal the physical part, perhaps you can help by uplifting the mind of the person. So instead of being like, why am I going through this? I can't take this. My life is so awful. You might be, okay, well, I am going through this. I'm going to have a positive attitude and, you know, meet that challenge with a more uh, positive, uplifting energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but something else you said. Yeah, well, I know Mary talks also about, well, it's come from Paramahansa Yogananda, that the healing depends very much on the healer, you know, how experienced they are, of course. Mm-hmm. But it also depends on the person you are sending and trying to help, uh, sending energy to. I mean, it's like, I think we all can relate to this in life, whether it comes to healing or energy. You know, we have people around us that we want to help. It could be close friends or family members, and we see they're in a really bad place. But, you know, we can all close our minds and hearts. And if we don't open our mind and heart to take the hand that is being reached out, People can't come in and help us. Mm-hmm. So we need to open up as well. I mean, I mean, healing is not a passive thing. Uh, we need to participate. And I have experienced this myself. And um, I think you too, mm-hmm. as we go along with meditation, because meditation also, yes, it helps us heal on a deeper level. But as you say, there might be things that we we can't just let go of. Like we have to go through it as a life lesson, something we need to learn. And meditation also helps us become aware of patterns. And this can sometimes be quite painful. I have experienced this along my own journey. Uh, 
especially during the spring, I remember I was neglecting my meditation. It was like I was tired and being tired is again, I think having all these tensions in our body, we are resisting something. So I was like, what is it that I don't want to face? Or it took me a while to get to that place where I realized that I am resisting something. And um, so I figured, you know, I, I need to figure out what's going on. Because usually when we get to that place where we choose to not meditate, if it's not that we are too busy in other duties, and when we actually have the space, but it's like, oh, no, I, I'm tired. And like, it's usually an excuse for something can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in my case it was. So it's like, okay, what is it that I'm trying to avoid? And things started to escalate and happen around me in my life. And uh, even though I already have meditation and um, I am part of a coaching program, so I figured, well, I have a lot going on here. I go to massage as well sometimes. So it's like, I, I think I have it covered. But things showed up in meditation and you know, sometimes it can be really helpful to seek help in other ways. So I started to, uh, I actually found a great therapist. She came to one of my workshops and I just felt like, wow, what a woman. Mm. And therapy is really only, if you find a good therapist, it can be a great tool with other self-care practices and healing techniques. Because... Um, you know, as we said, we are body, mind and soul. So I felt like I couldn't really work alone trying to figure out what was happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, we have spiritual mentors and so on, um, or meditation teachers we can contact, but I don't want to take up too much of their time. I felt like this is something I need to dig deep into Mm -hmm. because we all have things that we carry with us in our backpack. It can be Something that happened to us, like an accident, a trauma, can also be something that we carry in our DNA. Because now we can see that a lot of our subconscious patterns actually comes from our family DNA. So, you know, it can be something that my parents have and their parents had. And so we just carry this on Mm -hmm. without really seeing how it affects us. And meditation can bring this up. Uh, you might think, why would I want to bring something like that up? <laughs> well, it is. it can be really, really painful. Um, I cannot <laughs> lie about that. But I see it as, you know, if you have a dysfunctional leg, you wouldn't doubt going to surgery to fix it. You know it will be painful after the surgery. You know there's recovery time. But you would do it because you know eventually you will be healed. And mm-hmm. it's just the same way with our minds and our inner world. And for me, it has been really helpful. And again, that's just like with any kind of healer. It's not to be dependent on that person. But we have, as I said, in our subconscious mind, we have habits and thought patterns that sometimes are not really serving us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we might need help to work that out. And it's not really fair to put that on friends and family members either. Right. Because... And well, they, they probably, might, yeah, I think you were going to say the same thing. They probably <laughs> don't know how to help too, no, you exactly. know, not in the same way that a professional does. And sometimes also because we tend to attract people that are similar to us, they might have the same pattern. So it's well, like that's a, great a, blind, point. a blind person leading a blind. So right. it's very good to have someone 
and helping you from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was the point of all that? That healing is a journey and, mm. you know, meditation can lead you into other ways. Perhaps you, yeah, you realize that, oh, I, I, I really need to try and resolve this. And that might mean you have to go and talk to someone for a while and, I think this is becoming more accepted now in our society. It's not like a big taboo anymore. Mm-hmm. It's really a way of getting to know yourself better. Mm-hmm. And it costs a lot of money, yes, but you know, it's an investment in yourself and in your family. I mean, mm-hmm. I see already how much calm I am because it, it was like, you know, sometimes it can be like uh, opening a lid and you have so many emotions and thoughts. Because it can be something from when we were really small and mm-hmm. we don't necessarily understand the feeling. Like, why do I react so irrational in this situation? Mm-hmm. It's because it might have happened when we were three years old. So we didn't understand. Yeah. But when you can get in contact with that, you can heal and then you can move on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I don't know if I connected that. So now I see how that also really improves my relationship with Iris. You know, instead mm-hmm. of going around being a tense mom, I can be much more relaxed. And so I think it doesn't have to be finding a therapist. It can be going to give massage, to get relaxed, but investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. Again, healing is a big word. It's not only an investment in yourself. It can really be, it's like a ripple effect that goes out into your whole little universe, including your families and friends, because when you change the whole dynamics change around you. Right. Absolutely. Do you want to share about your healing journey? So for me personally, I have been to a couple of healers, um, on different, I've been on a couple of retreats and I've seen a couple of healers through that. And, um, it, it, I found them very, very interesting. Um, it, with one of them, she went through each of my chakras. These chakras are um, energy points that run along this, the spine um, in the center of the body. And they start at the base of the torso and go all the way up to the top of the head. So she kind of tuned into each of those one by one. And and it was, I there wasn't something specific that I was wanting to heal with that, but um, she kind of just, she was intuitive as well. So she was talking about essentially like tuning into each of those and then telling me, like giving me guidance of things that I can do to bring harmony into that chakra or to activate it or to, um, you know, use it to the best of its ability. And of course, if you get each chakra working in harmony, that brings your life into balance. That's a whole other great topic for us to go into sometime because <laughs> chakras may be new to some listeners. But um, and then I have seen Mary Kretzman, so the the author that you mentioned um, when I went to Ananda last year, I had a small session. I, I think I've had two sessions with her because I've been on two retreats with her, not necessarily specifically with her, but when I went to Ananda last year. Um, I had a small session with her and then I went on a healing retreat um, in the Northeast of America that was specifically a healing retreat that she was the 
the guest speaker in and I had a healing session with her there too. And she works more. She also does energetic healing as you, you would expect. And, um, but she really focuses on, um, the sixth chakra, which is the, the spiritual eye. And then the negative pull of the, that chakra is in the back of the head. So she kind of puts two, you know, she puts her hands on each of those points and she's bringing energy from, you know, the, the universal source through her body and then in, and through her hands into your body. And, um, it was really beautiful. Again, it wasn't that I specifically had something in in particular I was wanting to heal, but, you know, you could definitely feel the power coming and, um, and it was really beautiful. So I'm, and I'm actually planning a healing retreat, um, in, the spring. So I've, the healing's like top of mind right now for me because mm-hmm. I'm planning this retreat for, um, you know, it's like an, an hour and a half away from here and it'll be a weekend. And I am working on getting, um, an acupuncturist and, um, a massage therapist. I will have, um, sound therapy, not necessarily specific therapy, but sound immersion, you know, where you're kind of lying there and, and somebody is playing music. It's very passive, but it's, it is healing as well. Mm. Um, because there's a whole other element to healing with sound and all kinds Mm. of potential with sound. Um, so I'm working with different healing with different healers of different modalities to just kind of give people an experience of, um, what's available and let people try different things and learn about them. And so, um, I'm really looking forward to that and to being able to help people explore what's available. And so that would be amazing. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I think we are running out of time, but maybe we want to share a little bit, um, so perhaps summarize what you can do. Well, of course, we would emphasize start meditate. Mm-hmm. And if you already are meditating, try to deepen your meditation. Then do yoga. Like It's a, a great way to remove blockages and to help us relax. And if that's not your style, go for a walk, go for a run. And diet. Diet is very important, you know. The quality of the food we eat becomes part of our bodies. You know, we take it into our bodies. So be mindful about that. And again, the environment can be very um, balancing or very healing, depending where you place yourself. And perhaps we want to share the double breath, which is a good way to relax. Yes. So something that can be really healing and very easy to do and not take very much time is tensing and relaxing, and you can use a double breath with this. So Alessandra and I, in the lineage that we follow, we always start every meditation with this, but you can also use it throughout the day. And um, so to do this, you just do a double inhalation through the nose you do a, a first a short, sharp inhalation through the nose, followed immediately by a long, smooth inhalation. So it sounds like this. 
And then at the top of that breath, you hold the breath while you tense the whole body. And you want to try to really tense every muscle, top, top of the head down to the bottom of the feet. And you want to try to vibrate with energy. And that kind of brings energy into the body. And it by tightening all of those muscles, we're gathering tension intentionally into the muscles, which sweeps up any subconscious tension that we're maybe holding on to that we don't realize we're holding on to. And then we hold that for two to three moments and then we seconds and then we um, release the tension with a double exhalation through the mouth. And that's a short exhalation followed by a long exhalation. So it sounds like this. So let's put that together, and if you're able to do this, go ahead and give it a try. Exhale completely first, and then double inhale through the nose. Tense the whole body while you hold the breath, and double exhale. Once more, double inhale. Tense the body while you hold the breath, and release with a double exhale. And even if you can't try this right in this moment, do try it later and you can feel the way that the body relaxes and the way the body responds. There's a physiological response that follows that exercise. So it's very helpful and it's a great first step on your journey to healing. Mm. So thank you for listening and we look forward to the next meditation conversation. And please subscribe. Subscribe.